I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Well, welcome one more time. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to our Facebook family that's joining us now. And I like saying welcome. I just, I really enjoy welcomes. I, I just, I love getting to meet new people. I love getting to hang around with new people. What I don't like is goodbyes. And unfortunately, today we're saying goodbye. We're saying goodbye to a series that I've loved. I, I've loved this whole idea that we've been looking at through the months of January, just looking at spiritual renewal through the concept of removing hurry from our lives. And I hope it's been beneficial to you. I hope it's something that you have gotten something out of. Um, I've been encouraging this every week we've been doing this series, but please, if it has, let me know. I want to hear how God has been speaking to you and how you've been able to eliminate some of the hurry. Uh, it, it's, it, I've been encouraged by the stuff that I've heard already. I've been encouraged by just hearing people saying that they've kind of doubled down on the idea of taking that quiet time at the beginning of the, of the day. I've had a few different people tell me that they've just made that a dedication. Uh, one person shared with me how they were, they've decided to do that, and now they're also having a nightly quiet time with their spouse. And so, I mean, that's really cool. Um, I've heard all sorts of different things about the way different people have been taking the rest and, and finding ways to rest during this month and during the, when we were doing the fast. And uh, a couple of our college students got an opportunity to preview this message uh, before this morning. And one of them shared with me how afterwards they took a very slow walk to their, uh, to their next class. And so I'm excited to hear how God is teaching you things through this. And so please, let me know. Let me hear about how God is speaking to you. Because the truth is, as we've been looking through this, I'm hoping you're recognizing what Jesus has called us to is a life where we are in step with him. That we're not allowing the craziness, the hurry, the busyness of life to dictate our pace with the Lord. That we would slow down enough to hear what He's speaking to us. I mean, what if, what if the things you desire the most are only going to be found when you pull back and slow down and let your soul catch up with the pace of the world around us? That you... you I'm just willing to bet there's at least one of you that's in this room that you're just, you're feeling frantic. You're feeling like the pace of this last year has been too much. What if we just take time? What if we choose to do this every day or every week or find a rhythm where we can slow down and enjoy the pace of life that God has called us to? We've been looking through this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer and really kind of keying in on an important phrase that Jesus has in his gospel. I want to read it again just because I think it's, it's the invitation of this whole series that we would be people who find rest in Jesus. This is what Jesus uh, invites us to in Matthew chapter 11. 
He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And it's interesting that Jesus is using this work metaphor, this idea of a burden and a yoke. But yet he's promising us it's going to be easy and light. And if you're anything like me, often in our lives, it doesn't feel that easy. It doesn't feel that light. But I think sometimes it is everything to do with our pace. And so today my challenge for us in this last message of this series is that we take it slow. That we learn to slow down. That we take some of the principles, some of the spiritual habits that we've already looked at and we apply them to our lives. That we actually slow down enough to hear the voice of God, to be able to recognize that He is trying to speak to us and then apply the things that we're learning through Him. So, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to read our main passage here this morning. It comes out of Colossians chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Actually, the entire third chapter of Colossians is powerful as it talks about reorienting our lives. And so I hope you take some time this week. Again, slow down. Get through the book of Colossians. Get to chapter 3. It's really good. But I want to read these four verses for us this morning. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sight on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at, the right hand, at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, you will share in all of his glory. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that you would illuminate your word. That as we take time to understand what it is to be people who live in this easy and light burden that you have offered, that we would see your faithfulness displayed. That, you, that we would see more of your goodness flowing through all that we do. God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. That you, if you can use me, use me. If you have to work outside of me, work outside of me. But let every person who encounters your word this morning walk away changed because of its great power. We love you. We honor you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. For your seed, why don't you wave at a person or two? Just let them know that you are excited to be worshiping with them this morning. Let them know it's waffly good to see them. All right. So, this passage here, it really has some profound stuff. And like I said, it just, it just keeps building through the rest of the chapter. So, I really encourage you to read the whole chapter. But the thing that I really wanted to kind of focus in on is this idea that we, 
we take and we purpose ourselves to set our minds on things that are above. This next spiritual discipline that I'm going to talk about today, the thing is, you're not going to necessarily see this spelled out in quite the way that I'm spelling it out in the Scriptures. But I also believe that while the Word of God is timeless and the message is timeless, we have to reorient ourselves as we come into our own culture. That there's things going on in our culture that the Bible doesn't talk about. The Bible doesn't talk about how we're to handle our cell phones. Right? It doesn't talk about the Hollywood industry. It doesn't talk about the pace of the business world around us. It doesn't talk about the craziness of trying to balance your stout schedule. Like, none of this is stuff that is specifically addressed. But we all realize God cares deeply about all of those things. And so, a part of what it means for us to not think about earthly things, a part of what it means for us to keep our mind focused on Christ and on our real life that is hidden in Him, is figuring out new spiritual disciplines that speak to the things that we find ourselves in. And so today, as we end this series, I want to talk about a spiritual discipline that I, I'm, I keep running into from different authors that are suggesting this is a discipline we need to engage in because we need to be at war with the pace of our world. That if we try to keep pace with what everyone else is doing, we are going to find ourselves tired and burnt out. I mean, just look at the landscape of anxiety and burnout and all of the different things of moral integrity falling apart. And ask yourself, do we need to keep following the world's pace? Or do we need to reinvent ourselves in light of Scripture? And so the spiritual discipline that I want to talk about today is called by many people just slowing. Slowing. Finding ways to slow down and change our pace. Finding ways to say, I'm going to be in rebellion against the hurry that's being preached by the secular apologists. I'm going to, I'm going to pull back and I'm going to say, I want to be in step with Jesus and what he wants with my life. I like uh, John Ortberg. He's actually put out a lot of great work regarding this idea of slowing. He actually influenced uh, Comer's book that we've been going through to a large degree. And I like his definition of slowing. He calls it cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in a position where we simply have to wait. Cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in a position where we simply have to wait. I've heard it said, you don't pray for patience because God will give it to you. God will orchestrate the events of your life to make sure you have to be patient. But I like what Ortberg is saying here, that we need, rather than praying for it, maybe we just need to be serious about cultivating it. That if we want more patience in our lives, if we want more of the rest that 
God has called us to, that we're actually taking time and slowing down and saying, I'm going to make sure that I'm not being dictated by the craziness around me. And so we take time and we slow down. I mean, the thing is, I don't know how many of you have ever had a relationship with someone or tried to go after a relationship with someone. You can't speed through relationship. You can't just micromanage relationship. Okay, we're going to hang out for exactly five minutes at this time every day. You're going to show up on time. You're going to only talk to me for five minutes. And actually, I'm only going to talk to you for five minutes. And I'm, all I'm really going to do is tell you my list of wants. And, and then we're going to go away. And then maybe I'll see you again tomorrow if my schedule isn't too busy. Do you feel like that's a great way to cultivate a relationship? If you do, uh, we're having a free dating class after. No, I'm kidding. But, but, but here's the thing. We, we, we've got to learn to cultivate this stuff. And I really like the idea of learning to taste and see. I love to cook. And I love the fact that we have some other people cooking right now. But the thing is, I love to cook. And my mom, I, got, I think I got that from my mom. She loved to cook. And I would recognize that one of the biggest insults I could give to my mom was just to scarf down the food. Like, you know, it was me and my brother. It was almost like we had a contest. How quickly could we eat dinner? And like, we're just, you know, throwing it in our mouth. And her big line all the time was, are you even tasting your food? I spent all this time. Do you even taste what's going in your mouth? Like, it's just like, she wanted us to slow down and savor and go, oh, mom, this is amazing. I can taste the oregano. I can taste, I mean, like, but the truth is, if you don't slow down, you don't taste it. And that's exactly why we're asked to slow down. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. It's this idea of slowing down, of actually chewing on the good things that God has given us, savoring the flavor that comes out of the blessings God is pouring into our lives. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because we think God doesn't see us, but if we would just slow down and taste the things that he's put in front of us, we'd recognize our lives are full of the blessings of God. And so, with that, I want to take some time and, and encourage you to taste and see. I'm going to give you a list of 12 ideas if you want to really develop the idea of slowing in your life. Now, these are ideas that I've stolen from Ortberg and from Comer and, and, and just kind of put together in my own list. Uh, both of them have more extensive lists, so if you really want to do this a little bit more, but please understand this. These aren't biblical necessarily, but I think they could help you to draw in. And don't be legalistic. Don't take this list of 12 and go home. Okay, Pastor Gerald said, I have to do all of these 12 every day for the rest of my life, exactly how he told me to do it. These are suggestions. They're almost like games you can play with yourself to try to learn how to be slower. And so I want to encourage you to do these things. Again, maybe just pick one and engage it and see how it works. And then maybe try another or maybe find your own. I'm fine with that, but, but here's 12 to get you started, to give you ideas. Uh, first, and we're talking about taste and see, chew your food slower. 
take time and enjoy the waffles today. I'm, I'm just saying, slow down. Enjoy the flavor. Chew your food a little bit slower. The one thing that oftentimes we have meals with other people, you know, and we're scarfing down the food and we're trying to get our point in. What if you just took some time and listened? You took a bite. You, you slowed down. You let other people talk. And you actually engage with the world around you in a different pace. Again, just a suggestion. Nothing that you have to do. But maybe it's something you could try. Another one that I, I'm sure there's going to be haters on this one. Drive the speed limit. In the spirit of confession, I am a five-over kind of driver. It's just the kind of thing I am. I'm like, if I get pulled over in a ticket, well, that's my own fault. I don't think I'm terribly sinning by doing that, but you know, I'm willing to pay the consequence for my disobedience to the law. But this is one that I've actually been trying to do more consistently. It's interesting, right, I read this book, the, the Mark, John Mark Comer book, right before I went on that spiritual prayer retreat that I had in October. And so like, it, it was three hours away. And like, my, my goal is to see how much faster can I get there this year than I got la- there last year. And, and this time I was just like, okay, I'm gonna drive the speed limit. And it was interesting because as I was driving, like people are just flying past me, just, you know, just whipping around me. I'm going the speed limit. And they're just like, you know, barreling, especially when I'm on a, on a two-lane highway. Like people upset that I'm going the speed limit. And I was that person. I, I get it. You know, but like every time someone flew past me, I used it as a trigger to say, God, help me to slow down. Help me to make sure I'm not shooting past what you're trying to do in my life. And the interesting thing is once I got there, there was another lady, another minister there, and she admitted that she had just read the book and had to drive two hours to get there and drove the speed limit the whole way. And so it's kind of cool to see that God's doing different things. I mean, and this is something, I was just listening to a podcast on Thursday from two pretty big-named Christian authors, and the one asked the other, what's the most significant book you've read in the last year? And it was Christine Kane who was answering the question. She said, by, by far, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. So like, God's doing something right now through this idea of slowing down. I really hope that you can find a way. And it was interesting, I was driving the speed limit the other day, and all of a sudden this truck cut out in front of me and then slowed down in front of me. And I'm just, I'm getting mad, I'm like, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be slowing down. Thank you, Jesus, for putting a slow semi in front of me so that I can learn that I'm not as patient as I think I am. So trust me, I'm learning this stuff right along with you. Another good idea is show up 10 minutes early for an appointment and then keep your phone in your pocket. Like, yeah, you can get there early, but so many people, like as soon as they sit down, they, they got their phone out, they're, they're twiddling through stuff, they're, they're trying to make sure they're up to date with whatever's happening in the world around them. What if you just actually went old school, just sat there in the waiting room and, and pulled out a magazine from the rack? Or, or what if, I know this is scary, you actually talk to somebody else in the waiting room while you're waiting? Or if nothing else, just watch. Just watch. That, I, that's one of my favorite things. I, I try not to be the creepy you know, guy just staring people down. But, like, but, but watch. I mean, almost everyone's got their phone. Like, you know, I, 
when they're going to the doctor, they must be trying to find their chin because they're oh, you know, there's so many people down there like that while they're waiting. It's like, just, just enjoy 10 minutes. Maybe, maybe, just as you're 10 minutes early, stop and pray. Just, just use that 10 minutes to reconnect with God. This one, I know you guys are going to hate me for this one. Get in the longest checkout line at the grocery store. I'm, I'm one of those people, like, when I'm going to checkout, I'm looking at the cashiers, I'm looking at the lines, I'm trying to pay attention. How much stuff does that person have in their cart? How, how chatty is that cashier? You know, which, which one can I get through faster? What if, what if we just stopped and said, I'm trying to cultivate patience, and we purposefully get in the shorter line? Yeah, it's, it, it's not about getting through the grocery store as quickly as you can. Maybe it's a good opportunity to have some conversation with the people around you. But again, if it's not for no other reason, just to slow down. How about this one? Turn your smartphone into a dumb phone. Actually, take all of the apps off that you don't really need. You don't need Twitter or Snapchat or Facebook bleeping at you every 15 seconds. You, you don't need certain things. Like, you, you actually can live with a phone that you just make phone calls with. I mean, I mean maybe you want to keep the important stuff like maps, because in this day and age, you want to know where you're going. You probably want to keep your text messaging on there, but, but I mean, again, it might be a game. How many things can you take off and still live a, a normal, productive life? Maybe take your email off. I mean, I don't, this, these are all suggestions. I'm not trying to be legalistic. Pick your poison. But, you know, there is a growing movement around this. Even the people who create our cell phones and who create the apps in our cell phones are putting their kids in cell phone-free schools because they realize how addictive their own product is. They're saying, we don't want our kids growing up addicted to their phones. These are the guys who make it. And so you can go and just get a, a dumb phone. I mean, if you got a smartphone, turn it into a dumb phone. If you want to, you can go to T-Mobile, and they actually sell phones that don't have fruit on the back of them. You know, just flip phones. You know, and you can, you can, you can live a more simple life. Speaking of your phones, it might be time to learn how to parent your phone. A good, a good parent knows when to put their child to bed. And so maybe it's time for you to learn how to put your phone to bed. A good suggestion would be find a way to plug it in and turn it off that's not in your bedroom. So you're not tempted the first thing you do when you wake up to go and reach for it. But like actually set a, a, a time where your, your phone goes to bed, preferably before you do. That you actually take time and you put it away someplace. Maybe, you know, lock it in a closet or, or put it in a drawer and just get it out of your way. But now I, I hear the pushback right now that I'm already, I, I, can, I can see it in your faces. Wait a minute, Pastor Gerald, you don't understand. I need my cell phone because I use it as my alarm clock. I get it. But listen, I was just at Walmart this week. They sell alarm clocks for $10. If you can't afford $10, come talk to me. I'll go buy you an alarm clock from Walmart. You don't need it. 
I, I was with a missionary recently, and he said he has a strong conviction that he has no breakfast before he reads his Bible. What, what if we said the same thing about our phones? I'm not going to pick up my phone until I've read my Bible. But then again, I'm going to get the pushback. You don't understand, Pastor Gerald. I read my Bible on my cell phone. Guess what? I was just in the lobby, and we have Bibles for sale for $10. If you don't got $10, I'll give you a Bible. Maybe we just need to pull away the excuses and find ways to slow down. This is a big management thing that I'm hearing about in all sorts of different realms. Set times for email. Again, get it off of your phone and say, I'm going to set this block of time every day, or I'm going to set this block of time every week to check and answer emails. And I won't do it any other. Maybe put an auto-reply saying, I check my emails from this time to this time every day. If you, don't, if you need to get a hold of me for something important outside of this time, then you need to call me. Otherwise, I will reply to your email at this next period of time. It's amazing how many fewer emails you get when you're sending less emails and responding to less emails. Now, obviously, if you're working and you need to have that kind of availability, figure out what works, but find a healthy balance. It can't be, I don't know what your job is, but I'm, I'm pretty much guaranteeing most of you don't have a job where you need to be checking your work email at 9 o'clock at night. If I'm wrong, you can tell me I'm wrong, but... Most of us don't live in that world. And most of us can set parameters to guard our hearts and to guard our families and to guard the people we care about the most. Another good one is simply kill your TV. I, I, I might be dating myself, but I remember in the 90s, there was like these bumper stickers that you would see people kill your TV and like, you know, people actually throwing their TVs out of apartment windows and uh, it, it was crazy. But, but they were trying to say, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be dictated by the television. And now we also need to throw in there just the whole entertainment. Because, like, yeah, you can throw away your TV, but you still got your laptop, you still got your tablet, you still got your phone, you're still binging Netflix. I mean, a couple years ago, Netflix released information that most people binge an entire series in five days. The average Netflix user watches an entire series. It might be a, a five or six or seven year series that it took for them to come out. Most people watch it in five days. That's a problem. I mean, maybe if you do that once, okay, great. You're sick. You're in quarantine. Wonderful. But this is, this is lifestyle for people. I think we got to learn to pull, pull it back. Here's the thing. We live in a world that is constantly trying to influence us by the way we think about sexuality, the way we think about the way the world works, the hurry and the pace and everything else. Why would we give Satan an open door to all of our heart? I'm not saying never watch TV. I'm not saying never watch a movie. I'm not saying you can't be entertained. But learn to limit it. Learn to say, I'm only allowing this much in my life and no more. I'm not going to allow myself to be dulled by the glow of a screen. I know the women are going to push back on this one, but single task. Learn how to single task. I, you might be one of those great people who you can do 20 things all at once, but the truth is the science is out there now. No one really does it. 
Yeah, they can move from task to task very quickly, but you're only giving your attention to one at a time. So why not just give your attention to one at a time? Maybe it's time to stop talking to your kids and texting and watching the news and trying to read the newspaper if, they, if you still get one of those. Like, just slow down. Be present with what you're doing at the moment. And trust that the other stuff is going to get done when you decide to be present with that. I'm, I'm breaking this one right now, but take off your watch. Maybe learn, pick a, a, a time, a day, a week, and just try not to pay attention to the time. Now, I understand if you've got schedules, you've got stuff you've got to keep, but, but maybe if you're taking your Sabbath, put away anything that tells you what time it is and just be in the moment. Uh, I got an opportunity to go to Niger a few years back, and while I was there, I was talking with one of the missionaries, and he was from El Salvador, and I used to live in El Salvador for a while, and the thing is, they're not a fast people. Like, I mean, they, they, they're very much about take your own time. If you show up 15 minutes late, you're early down there. I mean, it's just the way it is. They, they believe in the siesta, like the, the two-hour nap in the middle of the day. And so this, this is the culture that he grew up in. But he's there ministering to this completely different people group in Niger. And he would go to them and he'd go have tea. What he didn't realize when he started having tea with them was they expect if you're going to have tea, that you're going to sit through three pours of tea, which usually takes about one to two hours. And so he would sit there, they would pour him tea, he would drink his tea, and then he would look at his watch and he's like, well, guys, it's been great. I loved hanging out with you. I got to get to this next appointment. And he would go, not realizing he was completely offending them. And so... One day, he's sitting down drinking his tea. He looks at his watch, and before he can say he has to go, the guy, his host looks at him and he goes, you know, that's the problem with you Westerners. All of you own watches, but we, we own time. He's like, huh. So then he began slowing down a little bit and sitting through all three pours and getting to know people on a real level. You know, it's amazing how foreign our pace is to the rest of the world, but it feels so normal. Maybe we need to reevaluate that. And the last one on my list, walk slower. Choose, I mean, sometimes you've got to be in a hustle. Sometimes you've you got to move from place to place. If you're at work, don't use this as an excuse. My pastor said, I've got to go slower, so I'm going to take my time to get, I mean, just, but, but the thing is, you can in most cases, slow down a little bit. Sometimes just changing your cadence changes your attention. When I go to this prayer retreat every week or every year, that's one of the first things that our retreat director tells us. Whatever your normal pace is for walking, cut it by half at least. I, I try to make it a game. I try to see if I can be the slowest walker. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to be the best, right? And so, like, I try to be the slowest walker on the campground that, that week. But, but it's just it's learning to slow down because when you slow down your pace, all of a sudden you're paying attention to all sorts of different things. You're paying attention to the nature around you. You're paying attention to maybe even the voice of God. Be intentional. And again, None of these things are thus saith the Lord. None of these things are, 
you know, cut and dry. You have to do all of them the rest of your life. Maybe just try driving the speed limit one day this week and see how it works. I don't know. But find something that you're going to intentionally do, not for the purpose of just filling out something on a list, but for the purpose of saying, I want to live at a pace that forces me to pay attention to what God's doing around me. I want to read Matthew 11, 28, and 30 one more time. I'm going to revisit it from the message translation again. Let me read this to us very slowly. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, as I read this, I'm reminded of a story from the life of Jesus where he had two very close friends and he was going to hang out at their house to spend time with them. And while he was there, one of them, they were both sisters, the oldest sister, was busy trying to serve Jesus, trying to serve the people that Jesus had brought into the room. But the younger sister just sat there. And she was soaking in the fact that Jesus was in a room with her. And finally, the older sister, Martha, just got mad. And she interrupted Jesus and said, Don't you see? I'm so busy trying to help you, and my sister is just sitting there. Make her get up and help me. Jesus looks at her and says, Martha, you're worried about a lot of different things. But there's only one thing required at this moment. Mary has chosen the better thing, and it will not be taken away from her. Listen, I recognize there are times where we need to serve God. There are times where we have to serve our families. We have to serve our bosses. We have to serve our schooling. I understand that. But there are definitely times where we need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And if we aren't intentional about putting these practices in our lives, we're going to find ourselves busy and frustrated when we had access to Jesus all along. I kind of believe the Bible when it says we can have this free and light life. I believe you can have as much of it as you want. 
As a matter of fact, you already do. If you want more, learn to slow down. Learn to take your rests. Learn what it is to have silence and solitude. Find ways to get away and let Jesus refresh your soul. The only way you can live in those unforced rhythms of grace is by making conscious decisions to follow him. So let's do that. Let's slow down and live the life Jesus has called us to. This week, I really want to encourage you, ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Find ways to take the things we've learned this last month and figure out how to put them in place. If you missed a message, go back to our Facebook page, go back to our YouTube page, go to our website. They're, they're all on there. Figure out how you can start putting these things into practice so that you can live an unhurried life. Practice slowing. Pick one of the 12 or pick your own thing off of some other list and practice doing something this week that's going to intentionally cause you to have patience by putting yourself in a position where you have to wait. This week, focus on the creative power of God. As you're slowing down, think about how good God is, how powerful he is. We're going to be starting Genesis next week. Maybe take and read through Genesis 1 and 2 really slowly. And then stop and read it again, even slower. Let God speak to you. Let God teach you what he's trying to speak to you through his word. And then let us know what you're learning. We would love to hear about what God is speaking to your life and how God is growing in you. And one more thing, if you haven't texted that in, please do that. During our waffle bar, we're going to be giving away a gift basket with more waffles and some other fun stuff in it. So um, if you haven't taken time to fill out your digital connect card, make sure you do that. But once you've done that, take some time this week. Let us know. Let us know what God is teaching you. I believe God has great things in store for us. Let's be a people who live this out. Speaking of taking it slow, we're going to invite the worship team to come up and sing one more song. And before you leave, take some time and, and settle your heart with, with Christ. There's, there's plenty of pan or waffles. We're not going to run out, so you don't have to run out just yet. If you need prayer, we got different people coming up who are going to be in different corners of the room who would love to pray with you if you need prayer for anything. But don't leave here in a hurry. I mean, maybe you have already got something on your agenda, great. Find, find a different time. But this would be a great time just to slow down and let God speak to you. So let's be a people who recognize Jesus is at the center. This is all about him. This is all about what he wants to do in our lives. And that we could live differently because of what he has done for us. Amen?